Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 today, Matthew chapter 6. Now this is going to be a little different today. I'm starting a new series and I, uh, so uh, I want you to really capture this thing. My heart and my prayer and our prayer with my prayer with some of the pastors earlier before we came out was that God would grant revelation to every single one of you today in Jesus name. And so I want you to stay engaged in this thing. I want you because I'm telling you, if you can grab the revelation of what is being said today, you won't ever, ever have to worry about another thing in Jesus name ever. And so I'm going to start a series today called March Madness. March Madness. <laughs> and uh, you're going to see how I'm going to tie it all together here in just a moment. But uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Listen to what the Bible says. Uh, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. (laughs) For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither toil nor reap nor gather into barns yet. Everybody shout yet. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither, they neither toil nor spin, spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your father knows what you need, that your, your father knows you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Luke chapter 6. 
Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 and then we're going to after that we'll pray and ask for God to do what he does so uh, faith, what he is so faithful to do every time we meet together Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 give everybody shout give and it will be given to you <laughs> yeah somebody's unexperienced God move good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you with that same measure and the apostle Paul says he who sows sparingly reaps sparingly but he who sows bountifully reaps bountifully I don't know about you, but how many want to be in the place or the position to reap a bountiful harvest? Oh, glory be to God. Well, we're going to pray today. And then uh, after that, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, today in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you know and I know that I can't do what you've called me to do without the anointing. I'm the most aware of this in this whole building. Without your spirit, Holy Spirit, you know I depend on you. So today as I stand in faithfulness, obedience to the call, obedience to your word, I ask in Jesus' name that you will bless this time that grace and blessing will be given, that revelation will be given, that power will be given, that the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage will move in this house. And Father, today when we leave this place, my desire, and I know your desire, is that we all have a revelation of your heart. So Father, today look upon my availability and not my ability. I pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen let's give the Lord a praise come on give him a praise hallelujah I want to start a series today called March Madness now let me just catch everybody who don't know nothing about basketball up for the next five minutes because we're about to I'm about to connect all this to a series on giving now, let, let me say this before I go any further. I love to teach and preach on giving. It is one of my favorite subjects because I realize that when people really catch the heart of God, you, I'm telling you, your whole life will change when you catch the heart of God. And so this, ser this sermon today is going to be nothing but on the heart of God. Now, they call it March Madness in the basketball world because of all the competition that goes on for the month of March. It's a college series. And, and people, I'm telling you, during that month, you can see some of the best basketball that you've ever seen played before. 
I'm talking about the competition is at its highest. And people are doing their best because at the end of that month, they, at the end of that month, that's when you see the, the top teams uh, go to play for the championship. Now watch this. They call it March Madness because some of the plays and the coaches are some of the plays that the coaches call. When you look at it, you look at it and you say, that's got to be complete madness. Some of the plays and some of the, the, some of the things the players do. Now, Michael Jordan, that wasn't March Madness. That was the NBA. But that was complete madness for him to turn around and dribble down and take the ball on his own self and shoot the hoop and turn around and win the game and win the championship. But I want you to know something. He said one thing. I had practiced my whole life for that moment. And I got to thinking about the kingdom of God. And I got to thinking about how coaches take March Madness and they pull out some of their best plays. And if we were, for us that were just spectating and looking on, we would say that's got to be complete madness that you would call a play like that. Because if you miss, then you're going to lose the whole thing. But I need you to understand what was madness to the spectators was wisdom to the coach and the players. This is the giving in the kingdom of God. What is madness to the world is actually the wisdom of God to those who are connected in the kingdom of the Lord. I feel like preaching now. The world looks at our giving. The world looks at our tithing. The world looks at our sowing. And they look at it and they say, you got to be absolutely out of your mind. Why would you ever do something that's so mad? And we say, no, it's mad. It's crazy not to sow. It's crazy not to tithe. Because you got to realize that when I don't connect with the kingdom, I am left to the world's kingdom. But oh, I praise God that I'm not dependent on the world's kingdom but I am a part of a kingdom that shall never fade away. Hallelujah. As we start this series today, uh, this entire month is going to be on the revelation of the kingdom of God. Now, those of you that are new to this place, well, let me say this. If you say, pastor, that, that guy's always preaching on giving. Well, don't tell nobody that. Because that means you haven't been here in about two years and three months. You're telling on yourself. Oh, glory. So for a little while today, I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is just, there's two things the Holy Spirit wants to do here today. Number one, we're going to kick wrong thinking completely out of your mind today. Number two, the Father's heart is going to be revealed to you in a way that you've never seen it before. Because see, if you can get God's heart, oh, help us today, Lord. Let, let, let me just, in most churches, when the, when the pastor, the preacher gets up and teaches and preaches on giving, um, it's very rarely done with a kingdom mindset. Very rarely is it done with a kingdom mindset. That's the reason people, when, the, when I got up just a while ago and said, I'm, we're going to do a series on giving, some of you got tight. You want to know why you got tight? Because in the past, when you said in churches, you have not heard a kingdom message, you've heard a man's message. 
But when the kingdom of God hits you in your heart, you realize I am connected to a supernatural supply that shall never run dry. Oh, hallelujah. Most of the time it's done with the thoughts and the feelings of a poverty mindset. Now, one of our core values here is that we are a prosperous church. So if you want to, if you want to attend a broke church, we're probably not the house for you. But now we, we will help you get beyond that, but we're just not the house for you. I'm hallelujah. I'm not going to sit out there and, and, and try to sell broke down Converse and, 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 thir- and, and, and clothes that's been handed down twice to try to paint the church. I serve a God that's able to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. Most time you hear a series on, on giving, it's because it's time to do a building campaign. Well, it's time to do a building campaign. Let me preach on giving for three weeks. It still is not rooted in the kingdom. Most time you hear a giving on a series on giving, it's because well the the saints have stopped giving and and the and the and the money's going down and let me get up and beat a few people and get something out of them. It's still not rooted in the kingdom. If it's not rooted in the kingdom of God, then there will be no blessing that flows to you from the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I'm still I'm still kicking some things out. Hold on for a second. I've heard preachers and pastors get up and say, if you don't start paying your tithes, we're going to have to shut the lights off. Well, bless God, if this thing's, if this thing is completely dependent on people, let's shut it down anyway and go somewhere else. I'm serious. You don't start. And, and that's the reason I don't ever say paying my tithe either. If you'll hear me, I say return. Now, I'm going to teach on this later. It's going to help you. But I teach on return because if I pay something, it was mine first. But when I return something, it never belonged to me. And when you get a mindset that everything you have, whether it's money, whether it's your family, whether it's the breath that you breathe, it's all God's anyway, you'll never, ever, ever struggle with returning something back to him. Oh, I feel the anointing. Glory be to God. So, so I understand, I understand what sometimes what, what the preachers or the pastors are saying. I understand, but I don't think they understand what they're doing. When you say something like that, you, when you have that type of thinking, you will never experience the overflow of God. Why? Because you are trapped in a poverty mindset. When people, when, when people or this world becomes here now, becomes your source, you have confined yourself to the limitations of that source. I'm going to say it again. When people or an organization become, or the world becomes your source, then you have confined yourself to the limitations of that source. 
Therefore, if your job is your source, then the only way for you to ever increase is that your boss says so. If the government is your source, then the only way you'll ever increase is if the government says so. You are confined to the limitations of your source. But when God is first and he becomes your source, you are confined to his limitations. And the last time I checked, ain't nobody found his limitations. Hallelujah. Ain't nobody found his limitations. One man acted like he found his limitations one time. And God said, position yourself like a man. And let me ask you a few questions. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, uh, he, he asked him, he said, uh, who told the ocean that it could only come this far? Hallelujah. He, he said, he said, who told the sun where to rise in the morning and where to go down in the evening? Where is the way to light and where does the darkness reside? He said, answer me if you know my limitations. I'm ready to hear your answer. He said, he, he said, answer me if you know these things. In other words, God is saying, if I had limitations, I wouldn't tell you about them. You would not even know that I had a limitation. Psalms 50 says this. He, uh, God said, I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine. He said, whether it's in your house or whether it's in your field, it still belongs to me. He said, all the cattle, a cattle on a thousand hills, that's mine. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts in the field, they're mine. He said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't even tell you about it. For the world is mine in the fullness of it. He said, well, I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats. Offer to God thanksgiving. Pay your vows to the most high. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. He's saying, let me, let me tell you something. He, he's saying, if you can understand that what you have belongs to me. He said, then you will understand that you were not the first to give to me. I was the first to give to, ah, there you go. No, no, you didn't start this. God's saying, I started this. That's why I'm your source. I didn't wait. <laughs> he said, I didn't wait on you to return your tithe before I gave to you. I gave to you and said, now return to me. Yeah. Hallelujah. In other words, here we go. Let, let's, let's beat this out of here. God is not depending on your giving. You are depending on God's giving. And I just felt the shift. If you get this mixed up, then you will always view God as a taker and not a giver. Yep, let's kick that devil out of here too. Anytime you view God as a taker, you put yourself under a poverty mindset. Because listen, if God needs what you have, then he's not your source. And therefore your source is something else. 
Anytime God, if you don't remember nothing else, remember this today. This helps you understand the father's heart. Anytime God asks for something from you, it's for two reasons. One, it has the potential of damaging his relationship with you. Two, it's because he has a harvest in mind. There it is. If God come, if God speaks to you and asks for something, these are the only two reasons. He don't need nothing you have. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you about it. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Regardless of what it is, it's always to give to you and never take from you. That's it. Church, you need to understand people are not my source. God may use people to get blessings to me, but they are not my source. Hallelujah. I got, yeah, I got to shed this thing, my brother. Come on. Amen. Praise God. I remember, I remember back over at Dub Walker Road, I just became the pastor. And I said, man, it's quiet as a church mouse in here. Turn the system up. Now, it was, don't get me, we had some sound issues over there. We had a big sound and a little building. So it could get like where it was way too loud. But I was doing a thing. I knew that, it, that the place had gotten, was holding on to its religion. And I knew that we had to break something off of it. So anyway, I told him, I said, you crank that thing up, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Well, I had somebody come to me and he said, he said, Pastor, you keep turning that system up, all the tithers are leaving. I said, what? He said, all the tithers are leaving. I said, you're telling me all the tithers are, are leaving the church. He said, yeah, all the tithers are leaving because the music's too loud. I said, let them leave and stop tithing. We'll see who folds first. Because the blessing of God is on the house of the Lord. I ain't studying none of it. This thing don't depend on man. It don't depend on the economy. It don't depend on the government. It depends on the blessing of God. And when you position yourself properly, there ain't a devil and there ain't a man and there ain't a deception and there ain't a lie that can keep God's blessing from coming on your life. I said, let them stop and see who folds first. Last time I checked, we still trucking with Jesus. Somebody needs to write a song, trucking with Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me tell you something. People ain't my source. People are not your source. God uses people, but they're not your source. And if, he, and if he couldn't use the people, he'll command the ravens to bring you something. And if he can't use the ravens, he'll send you to a widow's house in the midst of a drought to feed you in that place. Can I tell you, they ain't your source. The most high God is your source. Hallelujah. So when I was praying about this message the other day, I asked God, I said, God, what you want me to say on this first mes message? Because I have, listen, sometimes I can just have like uh, uh, 
preacher throw up. Especially when I've been waiting six months to preach something. So I just throw up everything out here and just give you a bunch of stuff. And, and God said, hold on one second. He said, uh, I felt him speak this to my heart. He, he said, he said, teach them about my heart before you teach them about my hand. He said, if they'll get my heart, they will never have another problem receiving from my hand. I'd never heard him tell me that before. He said, if they'll understand my heart and who I am and how much I love my people, how much I want to bless my people, then they will realize that anything I ask of them is never, ever to take from them. It is to position them so I can give to them. Glory be to God. I felt him say, if they will get a revelation of my heart, I'll let two things happen to their life. One, there's nothing that can ever happen that will stop them from giving. Can I tell you, you can have Rona, Soma, or whatever else. Or whatever else going on in the world. Oh, it doesn't matter. You ain't going to stop me from giving. <laughs> I've I done this way, and, and for everybody that says he's just a preacher saying that, I've done this way before I was ever a preacher. I've done this way before I stepped in the ministry. And if the, God tells me to step out one day, I'll do it way after that because I realize this is how I stay in covenant. And when I'm in covenant with God, I can sow in a time of drought. I can sow in a time of famine. I can sow in a time of blessing and walk in the same hundredfold in Jesus' name. He said, secondly, secondly, if they will get a revelation, I've already said this, uh, if they'll get a revelation of my heart, they'll never have an issue receiving from my hand. Amen. So I've got a little bit of time left with you today. I want you to go in your Bibles to the 84th Psalm, Psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. Now, watch this. Listen to what the Bible says. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. That means he can block you from stuff and he can also show the light in a path. The Lord will give grace and glory. Now, I want you to grab this. No good thing. Everybody say thing. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Not narrow. If I, if I get to write me a commentary one day, I'm gonna say, not narrow thing. Will God withhold from you who walk uprightly any voice that says God is holding back is a liar and it's not his voice. No good thing 
will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? Now go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Look at what the Bible says right here. I'm just exposing. I'm showing you the Father's heart. Well, pastor, teach us about tithes. Teach us about sowing. Teach us about how to go into an increase. We'll get to that. But you got to get his heart first. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. All, everybody shout all things. Well, my, 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 my pastor told me that if you're going to be holy, you got to be broke. Don't believe that. See, I'm just kicking stuff. I'm just kicking stuff out of here. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Beloved, until you get this seated deep in your mind, your soul, and your spirit, it will always be tough for you to walk in kingdom prosperity. This has to be a revelation that hits you and never leaves you. We must allow the Holy Spirit to explode this understanding deep down inside of us. This understanding is this, regardless of what I face, hear me clearly, regardless of what I go through, God's desire is to turn it around for my good. Now, if I'm telling you that is the Bible. Well, I don't like it. I, I don't like that. It's okay. That's the Bible. You ain't the first to disagree with it. I'm telling you, until you get the Father's heart, whether you walk through uh, sickness, whether you walk through times of financial where you don't have what you're wanting or looking for, whether you walk through times where things seem dark, or whether you're walking through tough times with your kids or your marriage or whatever it is, God's desire is to turn everything around so that when you walk out on the other side, it is good for you. Hallelujah. Glory. What does that mean and what you're saying in context? What it means that if I continue to walk with God and if I continue to sow and I continue to tithe and I continue to obey the Lord in my giving, I might walk through a few times where things don't seem to be on my side. But on the other end, the Father's heart is so good that he's turning it around for my good. Hallelujah. Until we get a revelation and understanding, there will be something on the... All right, here we... Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to share my transparency because I know some of you wouldn't. Have you ever been in one of those places where God is blessing you and things are just so good and you stop and you say, okay, let me brace myself because I know soon the carpet's about to be pulled out from under my feet. This is a poverty mindset. You have, I have before, not understood the heart of the Father. Now, I'm not saying if the Holy Ghost talks to you about something to prepare yourself. I'm saying when you look in your head and say things are way too good, they can't stay like this. Tell me why they can't. 
Make sure you have scripture for it, though. The father's heart. (laughs) The father's heart is to is to bless. It is to bestow. Oh, how rich the father's love towards us. He has lavished us. That word in the Greek means when you turn around and take soap and you turn around and get soap real, real sudy and you put it all over something to where the whole thing is covered with soap. He has lavished his love. He has lavished his grace. He has lavished his goodness on you. Hallelujah. Many of us understand what I just said. You, some of you are struggling with it now. Some of you work through it. It just can't stay this good. God, when are you going to pull the carpet out from under my feet? And all right, let me help you. Because the Lord had to help me with this. That's like me telling my son, son, you're just doing too good. Let me snatch you. Let me do something in your life to where it takes you back. I would never, ever do something like that. And father said, if you being evil know how to give this kind of gifts to your children, he said, how much more do I know how to give to my children? He is setting you up to win. See, that's why I couldn't jump in this thing. I see now why the Holy Spirit was saying, no, 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 hold back. Don't jump into teaching them about my hand. You teach them about my heart first because there's some people that got to get a revelation that God is really on your side in here. He ain't up here trying to beat you. He ain't up here trying to snatch you back. He gave his son so that you can win and go forward in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, watch this. I, I'm, let's see what else to give you. Church, lacking a revelation of the heart of God um, is believing that God will only allow you to live um, in this blessing a certain amount of time. When you have this kind of thinking, when you have this kind of belief system, watch this. When you embrace this kind of a deception, it is tough to understand the heart of God. It's tough. And it's even more tough for some of you that wasn't raised with a good father. You're struggling if. If dad was the one who got drunk, came home, beat the brake shoes off, everybody tore doors off the handles and then left for three weeks. You're struggling. But I'm telling you, if you can get this, (laughs) you'll be like, I ain't waiting for tithing offering time. I done got so I done got so filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm just gonna come down and I'm just gonna lay my seed on the altar right now and bless God all the way and dance all the way and praise Him all the way because He's been so good to me. 
Hallelujah. When you view God as the loving father he is, as the ultimate giver he is, then you realize that he is really on your side. He is really setting you up to win. He is really setting you up for success. Oh, pastor, I don't believe that the word success is for Christians and you better tear out Joshua chapter one, one through nine, because he said, if you'll meditate on this word and you'll obey my word, then, then you shall have success. I'm going to kick the devil out of here that think, that turns around and tells you that Christians got to be second-rate citizens. They got to be people that's always going around begging for something. They got to be people that's always going around broke as a joke and can't buy a Coke. The devil is a liar. I serve the God who says the silver and the gold is mine, and he desires to bless me more than I want to be blessed. I'm going to keep myself positioned. Come hell or high water, I will walk in the blessing and the favor, and the grace of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Can I, can I give just a, well, let me try to just throw this a little more to you. Uh, go to 3 John, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. And if you're, if you're, did I give y'all the first point? I think I did. <sighs> if I didn't, let me give you the second point. The second point is the heart of God is to bless every area of your life, not just the spiritual. Not just the spiritual. Third John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in some things. In all things, and be in health, just as your what? Just as your what? Just as your what? So he says, don't go out here running after this stuff. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, and I'll begin to prosper your soul. And once your soul begins to prosper in me, everything on the outside can't help but prosper. Because when you realize the blessing comes through you first, then you'll really realize my heart in this matter. Oh, glory. If you were to take a... Uh, let, wait a minute. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine. I'm putting a lot of scripture with this because I realize that some of you are new to this house. Well, a lot of you are new to this house, and you've been taught some stuff that that's good religious talk, but it don't mean a pile of beans in the kingdom. Not one pile of beans in the kingdom of God does it it mount to anything. Well, brother, you're going to struggle the rest of your life, but bless God, you're going to be in heaven. Who said? No, who said it? Wasn't God. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. And God is able to make all grace. Oh, if I could just stop and teach on grace for a few moments. Because many people think that God's grace is your license to sin. But you need to understand God's grace is an empowerment of the Holy Ghost for you to do what you cannot do on your own. And that means stay away from sin, but it also means prosper. Because Deuteronomy chapter 8 says, I am the Lord your God, and I give you the power to make wealth. I give you the grace. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. 
that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have some. No, that ain't what it says. An abundance for every good work. Watch, as it is written, he's dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, not the eater, not the greedy, not the waster, but seed to the sower and bread for food. Supply and multiply your seed which you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God said, I'm not just about multiplying you in the spirit. I'll multiply everything you put your hands to too, but you've got to prosper in your soul and then you'll prosper in everything else. Hallelujah. He's not just about you prospering spiritually. Now, if I was to take a survey of most of the believers today and ask them, do you believe God desires to prosper or if God desires you to prosper? Most of them would say, yes, but. There's too many buts in Butts County. <laughs> in other words, all the Henry County folks say, Spalding County people, all Jasper, and we got people from everywhere around here. Amen. Don't get offended. I didn't mention your county. So a see. We'll be fine. In, in other words, most would tell you they believe God wants them to prosper spiritually, but not financially. I, when I say, when I sp uh, speak the pastor's blessing over the tithe and off, and I say you'll find uh, unexpected checks in the mail, I feel the resistance still. Because some of us say, how in the world? You don't know what you're saying. And I'm saying, no, you don't know how good God is. No, you don't know how, you, you won't know the Father's heart. Let me tell you something. If there was some knucklehead out there that had a bunch that, that of my stuff and wasn't doing right and my son needed some down there, I'd, I'd make him send his stuff down to my son because my son's going to do what's right and he's a joint heir with me and he is in my blood. So therefore I say take from this one and give to that one. Do you? That ain't scripture. Yes, it is. The Bible says he gave two and he gave three and he gave five and the ones that didn't do what was supposed to do, take from him and give it to the one that we'll do something with it. I told you we're going to kick it. We're going to kick it until it loosens you. Till it lets go of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Most people would say, yeah, he wants me to prosper spiritually, but not financially. Most would, many would say God wants the, them to prosper relationally, but not financially. Or they would say, I believe that he will make sure that my needs are supplied, but I don't think he wants me to prosper. This kind of mindset is what causes the church not to walk in the blessings of God. This thinking causes the church to continue in a catch-up mode. In other words, it seems to be behind the times and never able to take the lead on anything. It causes the church to have to go out and beg for money and have yards sales and selling broke down shoes and second rate clothes to try to get something and somebody just needs to turn around and say no I'll sow into the kingdom because I'm about to reap from the kingdom ah. I was so proud of this church 
Man, you, some of you bless my soul. About a month and a half, two months ago, when they came up and said, hey, we're going to have this Wild Ones Youth Conference. And, uh, and man, I'm telling, by the way, we're still hearing all kinds of testimonies from what happened up there in God blessing state of Tennessee. But I'm, I was so proud of this church. I didn't even have to get up and say, hey, guys, we have several students that don't that don't have the finances or maybe their parents don't even attend. And the last thing they care about them is going to some Christian conference. I didn't have to say one thing. Many of you stepped up and came to Pastor Luke and Gracie and said this, hey, I want to sponsor two students. I want to sponsor five students. I want to sponsor three students. And every student that wanted to go got up there and got powerfully touched by the glory and the anointing of God. This is the church getting a kingdom mindset. And you will be blessed over and over and over and over because of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Didn't even have to ask. My God, that blessed me. Well, how does it bless you? It didn't come to you. See, there you go. (laughs) You don't understand the kingdom. It blessed me to see that happen. Because I realized people took their eyes off of themselves. Some of you don't even have children and you still sold into that thing. That's what I'm talking about. One more and then I'm, then I'm done. Bless God. Number three, the heart of God is to reward his children for faith and obedience. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Go to Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. Oh, I love, boy, God showed me something in this today. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Everybody say that land. It's gonna, I'm going to show you what that means in just a moment. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And in Genesis chapter 26, Isaac is living in a land that is experiencing a severe famine. In the time of famine, listen, in the time of famine, you ain't sowing seed. My God, most people ain't doing that. They're saying, I'm just trying to eat, man. Everything's dying. It's a severe famine. We don't know what that is in America. We have no idea what that means. We think because McDonald's had run out of Big Mac, something's wrong. By the way, I pulled in there one time, they didn't have no fries. That's my, they didn't have Diet Coke. They didn't have no chicken nuggets. And then I had the audacity to ask for one of them uh, ice creams. Forget about it. I said, what in the Sanhedrin's going on in there? She said, sir, you ain't going to talk to me that way. I said, I'm out of here. I'm done. McDonald's don't have no fries, no chicken nuggets. I said, bless God, let's go home. Let's call it a day before we end up getting in trouble. That's a true story. Ask my wife about it. 
That's a true story. I ain't lying. We don't know what severe famine is. Isaac was in a place, the Bible says severe famine. Severe famine had hit that land in Genesis 26. I'm telling you, in a time like that, people are doing their very best just, just, to, just, to, try to, just to try to get by, just to try to live. And the Bible says that, watch this, that Isaac, and I, I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing a little about this, but if you'll read Genesis 26, you'll understand that Isaac is contemplating going back to Egypt. Stay with me. I need about six more minutes and then this thing's going to really hit you. Stay with me. When you read the word Egypt in the Bible, it is always representing going back to where you came from. It's always representing going back to your old lifestyle, your old way of thinking, your old way of acting, and dare I say, your old way of giving. Isaac is thinking about going back to Egypt because the famine is so severe in the land that he's living in, and God tells him, you, you are not to go back to Egypt. Don't you dare go back there. He said, but dwell in this land that you are in, and I'm going to bless you. Can you imagine what Isaac is saying? You, you want me to dwell here? Don't you see everything's dying? Don't you see there's a drought? Don't you see there's no life here? I have no food. I have nothing here. And you're saying you're going to bless me? It's kind of like God saying, I'm going to give you a double portion in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this. In other words, Isaac, don't you go back to doing the things uh, the way you used to do them. But believe on me. Have faith in what I have told you and do it my way and I will bless you. Church, that is what tithes and offerings are. It is having faith to believe that God is going to bless you because you have diligently sought him, obeyed him, and you have done it his way. Not your way. His way. Hey, I got to revelate. You don't tell God. God tells you. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children or the sons of God. You don't lead the Holy Ghost. He leads you. Glory be to God. Many times when we get into hard places, the first thing we want to do is stop giving. Why is that the first temptation? Help me, Holy Ghost. Why is that? Even if your hard place has nothing to do with your finances, why is it the first temptation that says, I'm going to stop tithing, I'm going to stop sowing seed? I'm about to tell you. Because the enemy uses that to get you out of position. He uses disobedience. He can't stop what God's doing. The devil knows that. He can't stop God releasing this. So he just gets you out of position where you can no longer receive it. Hallelujah. 
Many times when we get into hard places, first thing we stop doing is giving the way God has told us to give. Stop doing things the way God has told us to do them. But when we resist that temptation, listen, we push through by faith. We are diligently seeking God and his kingdom first. This positions us in a way to receive the overflowing blessings of God. And the Bible says that Isaac sowed in that land. He didn't go back to Egypt. He didn't go somewhere else. He sowed in the land that had a severe famine in it. He sowed seed in the place that the world says you're absolutely mad. You're absolutely crazy. This is madness. He sowed seed in that land and in the same year he reaped a hundredfold. Church, that is the father's heart. I'm not asking the world, can I bless you? I'm not asking your enemy or your friend, can I bless you? I'm saying, here's my plan. Obey it. Have faith. And I will bless you. When we, become, when we come before God in faith and obedience, his heart is extended to us and his hand is open to us. I thank God he don't have to ask the, the economy of America, can he bless me? I thank God he don't have to ask the government, the president, he don't have to ask nobody. All God is asking is, are you willing to have faith and obey my word? If so, I will bless you. No matter what the circumstances are, I will bless you no matter what the opposition is. I will bless you no matter who is coming against you. I will bless you no matter what. This is what the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give him praise today for his heart. Let's give him praise today for his heart. Watch this. Uh, I probably should save this story for another time, but I'm not. I told you sometimes preachers just get it. You know, we just want to. Because literally, that's just the introduction to this series. We, we could go for five more hours right now teaching you on the things of the kingdom to release the blessing of God in and through your life. But I can remember when uh, my son was, look, was younger and he was a lot smaller, obviously, but I can remember on his birthday, he had gotten some, he'd gotten some money and uh, Lisa and I have always been very diligent that when he gets money, we, we teach him to tithe and then we teach him to give offerings. And, uh, and so that, that's, just, that's just known. I'm not going, ain't, a thief's not gonna live in my house. This, that's how it is. Thief ain't gonna live in my house. I've got enough of them in the world. Bless God, we're not gonna have them in the house. And uh, anyway, so, so I think we had given him like, uh, out, of his, out of his money, he had gotten like $30, $35. And, uh, and so he came to church that day and we told him how much 
the tithe and we told him how much. I said, now how much do you want to give in offering? How much do you want to give to missions? And, uh, and uh, he said, I want to give the same tithe to missions. I want to give the same tithe to offerings. I said, that's fine. So we told him what to give. I think he had like $30 left over, something like that. And anyway, he was in the uh, uh, children's church that day. And the, the, the children's pastors at the time, they were trying to, they were trying to raise money to, for kids uh, to, to, to uh, uh, dig wells in Africa for kids who didn't have clean water. And, uh, and anyway, so the, the children's pastors at that time had gotten up and said, These, this is what we're raising money for, and this is, is, is what we're going to be doing. And so anything that you guys uh, can give today, we're going to we're going to send it towards digging wells in Africa for these children who don't have clean drinking water like you have. And so anyway, uh, I was talking to him at, at, at the end of the service and, and I said, well, I said, well, son, how much did you give? And, and, and I was thinking he was going to say, well, I gave my offering towards that. And he said, dad, when I thought about those kids and that they didn't have clean water like I have. He said, I couldn't help it, but I just had to give everything. I I just gave it all. Now, watch the Father's heart. I'm revealing something to you. At that time, he could have asked for whatever he wanted. And in my power, he would have gotten it right then. Why? Because I realized that my son turn around and put his, his efforts, his, uh, his uh, 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 treasure towards someone who didn't have it. Now his father looks at it and says, ask what you desire. This is the father's heart right here. Hallelujah. That when we open our hand, God opens his hand. That when we stop focusing on us, God starts focusing on us. Here it is. It ain't about trying to keep some lights on. Are you kidding me? It ain't about God needing what you have. Are you kidding me? If God needs what we have, we need we are serving the wrong God. It's about you saying, Lord, you said, and I believe. Think about it. You want to know the Father's heart? Here it is, and then I'm done. I promise you this time for real. <laughs> I just, it just, I have so much. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would e- whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Here it is. Here's the heart of God. God loved and God loves. God gave and God gives. God gives eternity and God is eternal. What does he ask for us? Believe. God say, no, 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 it's all me. It's all me. You believe and obey. That's it. It's all me. I ain't asking for nothing else.
Hallelujah. Can't you see the Father's heart in that thing? He's always been a giver. And Satan's always been a taker. That's it right there. Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for your dear people. Lord, I pray that, I pray God that their level of revelation of your heart is not contained to the way I could communicate it. Because God, I'm so limited in my words. I'm so limited in my communication. But Holy Spirit, you're not. You're not limited. I want your people to be so connected to your heart that nothing could ever deceive them differently. And God, that they understand your heart so much that they realize that everything is open to them. Everything is available to them, God. Father, today, let, let this first service, let this first sermon, let this first message and revelation, Lord, be only something that we climb from now. That from this point forward, everything begins to break open for people. God, I pray for the person that's been contemplating or they've been asking, they've been thinking, Lord, uh, what about this tithe and what about this giving? And they've been struggling with it. Lord, I pray you speak in such a sovereign way that can't nobody else ever, ever cause them to, to, to wonder about it again. You do it, God. They're your children. You paid for them. You do it, God. Father, I thank you for this. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I give you praise for it now. I want us to stand and, and bow our heads in the presence of God. Those of you watching, thank you so much for watching today. I bless you in the name of the Lord. This whole series is going to ignite the kingdom of God in a powerful way. And I know that because every powerful move of God in the Bible was preceded by or accompanied with sacrificial giving. I can prove it in this word, every one of them. Because when we open our hand, God opens his hand. So today as you're watching, we love you, we bless you. If you need to give your life to Jesus, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, repent of your sins. He says, if you repent of your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. So we thank you for watching today. We bless you in the name of the Lord. We pray that you will continue to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. God bless. Have a great day all over this place. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.